Welcome to the Followers of the Way podcast for September 15th, 2019. Today, Pastor Olu brings us a message called, In Order to Believe, Dark to Light, Sammy Sosa. When we step out of order, when we step out of God's way, when we step out of the good, we now fall into darkness. And then darkness is death. And in darkness is disorder. And in darkness is confusion. And in darkness is pain. And in darkness is trauma. And so we step into that world. That's why when we look at the world, that's what we see. We see hard times. We see all this thing going on. We see anarchy. We see violence spreading around the world. Why? Because the world is in darkness. Why? Because we have decided, humanity, that our way is better than God's way, his ordered fashion. The Pastor Olu says that the bad news that corresponds to the good news of the gospel message is that all humanity is in direct rebellion to an almighty, all-knowing, all-present creator, God. From Adam's choice of my way versus God's way, we have lived in darkness within and without by disrupting God's original designed order with our my way rebellions. Now, Christ who condemns us also provided the rescue plan that is able to deliver us from the power of darkness. So grab your Bible and follow along with us as we explore God's word here on Followers of the Way. In the book of John, we've been talking about in order to believe. John, he said, I wrote this book so that you will believe. And so we've been looking at the gospel message and with, with the idea that as believers, our responsibility is to be sharing the gospel message. Our responsibility is to take this information into the world, like John said, so that others may believe. And we should also be doing the same thing uh, John said here. And so we're in John chapter one. I'll start at verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness does not overcome it. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not that light, but he came to testify about the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world and the world was created through him and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. So, we talked about salvation. We talked about the gospel message, the good news. We looked at the structure that John used because the structure that John used to tell about the good news is the same structure we should use as we tell others about Christ. The first thing John started off with, and we've looked at this, is God. The fact that God exists. Then we went to, after understanding that God exists, we have to understand that God created us. And so we looked at God as creator. And from that, we see the Trinity. We saw God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, John calls him God the Word, which is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. From that, we saw that God exists, and then we looked at the fact of creation. What we know about creation is that that is where God established his order. We see that when we look at the book of Genesis. When we look at Genesis chapter 1, we see he did this, and this, and this was the first day. 
He did something else. And this and this was the second day. When we look at God's established order in creation, that is where God set up what I like to call his way. That was God's order. God's order, the way things are arranged, when we look at the idea of order, we're talking about an arrangement, putting things in their proper places. You guys seen those, um, I don't know what they're called, those dolls that are all in like one doll and you take one out. Russian dolls, yeah, they got a fancy name for them. I don't know what they call, but it's like, I'm not even gonna, well, I am gonna try to draw it. They're like little bowling balls. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Nettie's just talking like peanuts. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Nettie look like ghosts or bowling balls. Anyway, point is, <laughs> there's an order. There's an arrangement. They start with the tallest one and it goes down and down and down and down and down. When we look at order, we're talking about a particular sequence, a pattern, a method. When we talk about God's establishing order in creation, he established his way. He said, this is how things are to be. And he set it up because he's God, because he's creator. His order was the right way. And so when we look at that, order is important because that's how God operates. Turn with me quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks a little bit about how God operates using order. 1 Corinthians 14, Corinthians in the New Testament, about halfway through, written by Paul. He was writing to the church in Corinth. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, since God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. God is not a God of disorder. God doesn't operate in disorder. He operates in order. And so there's an arrangement, there's a disposition of how things ought to be. When we look at that, that word order there in 1 Corinthians has the ideal of something being stable. He doesn't operate in disorder. That word disorder means instability or a state of disorder or disturbance or confusion. God operates in order, in peace, in harmony. And so because God operates in order, that means he created his creation in an ordered fashion. And so this creation, there's an ordered fashion to it. That means there are some laws, some things that must happen as he establishes order. That means that there is a right and a wrong in his creation. Why? Because God is a God of order, and so his creation also has order. That means that there are things that are true, and there are things that are untrue. Because there's order. You can't say everything is everything. Everything is right. Or you can do whatever you want to do. Or your truth is your truth to you and not your truth to me. And what you might think is a lie is a truth to me. No, 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 because that's disorder. That's confusion. God is, when he's established creation, he established this order. And so because this is how God operates, order is important. So how do I determine the order? That means that there is a way that creation is supposed to operate. That means when God built us, when he created us, inside of us, there's some inherent qualities of our mind, some qualities of character. There's a natural inclination or tendency that he created us to be. Why? Because he's a God of order. And so he created us to operate in a certain order. So how do we know what order is? Well, we go to the order giver. The order giver is God himself. As a matter of fact, the order giver gave us a book of order for us to follow. Say, hey, I made you orderly 
because I'm a God of order and I'm going to give you this book to show you how to continue to operate in order. And so we look at the book and we look and the book tells us how to operate in order. It gives us what should I do in this situation? Look at the book. How should I respond to her because she did this? Look in the book. What should my ideologies be as far as life? Look in the book. What should my stance be on this political issue? Look in the book. Because there is order and that order is derived from the book. I cannot decide myself what I want to choose or what's order for me or what I don't like that. In my opinion, my opinion means nothing. Why? Because I'm not creator God. And I didn't establish myself in an ordered fashion. So I don't get to choose. That's why the order represents his way. God created us in this ordered way. I like when the scripture says in Timothy, when Paul tells him that the the word of God is profitable. And then he lists all those things that the word of God is profitable for, for direction, for instruction, for reproof, for for righteousness. That's uh, 2 Timothy 3. 16, all scriptures inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, ordered, equipped for every good work. And so the word of God is where I get my order from. The problem came. Oh, by the way, there's order in everything because of how God created it. So there's order in marriage. God said, this is how I'm going to establish Marriage. So he established it and he set an order. He said, "Okay, in this marriage, I want the man and the woman to leave their parents and to cleave together. There's order. So that means mama and daddy don't have a say so of what goes on in my marriage. Why? Because the word of God says there's order. And in order, Bible says that I leave. So thanks, pops. You did a good job. Appreciate it. I'm done. And now when I join with my wife, now we establish God's order. So there is no outside interference from that. Inside the marriage, the Bible says, according to scripture, that the man is the one who God's going to hold responsible for stuff going down. So as a husband, I am the one that holds responsible. I have that weight on my shoulder. God's going to come to me and say, hey, is your family doing what it's supposed to be doing? Olu, because that's the order. That doesn't mean that Melissa is less of me. It doesn't mean Melissa is not strong as me. It doesn't mean any of that. It's just the order that God established. There's order in family. Why do kids have to obey their parents? Because they're order. Why? Because God is a God of order. And the creation that he created is in order. In church, there is order. Paul gives us descriptions. There's some elders. There's some preachers. There's some deacons. There's some this. There's some that. The old folks should teach the young folks. The young folks should listen to the old folks. There's order set up in God's church. And what we know about the order in creation, we see it umpteen times. And it was good. All through Genesis, it said in the morning and the evening were the first day. Oh, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was good. And it was good. And it was good. And so the scripture teaches us that God's order is good. God's way is good. And so God's order would remain as long as God's design order rulers or order keepers kept said order. And it was Adam's and Eve's responsibility. God said, I give you dominion. 
God said, I've made this order and I've made you an order and I've given you the responsibility to maintain this order. You shall be in charge of this order. You shall govern this order. But that's when we get to the, what we're talking about today as far as the gospel message. God exists. God created everything. He created everything in an ordered fashion, which means his way. But the bad news in the gospel message. Now, remember, there has to be bad news. The reason it has to be bad news because the word gospel means what? Good news. And so if there's good news, that means it's got to be bad news. What's the bad news? The bad news is the fact that sin has entered the world. Sin entered the world. Why? Because Adam made a decision that he didn't like God's order. So, okay, God, I see you created this order and you made me in an ordered fashion, but I'm going to choose my way over your way. God told him, eat anything you want except for that tree. Adam heard God's way. He heard God's ordered fashion. And he said, I'm going to ignore God's order and God's good and God's way. And Adam chose my way. And that's what the bad news is. The bad news is we, as humanity, starting with the first human, Adam, have decided, we've made a decision to say, forget you, God. Forget your order. Forget your way. I'm going to do my own way. That's what sin is. Sin is choosing your way over God's way. Sin is rebellion. And we talked about that a little bit. That's all it is. Sin ain't cute. Sin ain't, well, you know, you, get to, you should be able to figure out what's best for you. No, sin is straight out rebellion. It's when I choose my way over God's way. When I look at God's order and say, forget your order, God, Olu's order is what I'm going to be doing. And the audacity of that is the craziness of what sin is. And so sin is that rebellion is humanity choosing my way over the good, God's way. And the Bible says that with sin came death. In Romans chapter 5, Paul is talking, and he's talking about how with one man sinning into the world and death by sin. Verse 12, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, it just says sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. In this way, death spread to all people because all have sinned. The bad news. The reason John said I wrote this in order for you to believe is because if you don't believe, you're going to be stuck in your my way cycle, in your order, instead of God's order. And so when man chose, when Adam made his choice to choose my way over God's way, when Olu makes his choice, when humanity continued throughout history to make their choice of our way versus God's ordered good way, the Bible says sin entered the world. And with sin came death, and death came to all men and women and boys and girls. Why? Because all have rebelled, all have sinned. When we look at death and sin, death is an intrusion. I read that somewhere. I thought it was cool. Death, death is not what was intended to be. Death is an unwelcomed interruption into God's world. God never set it up and say, you know, I'm going to do this, do this, and then I'm going to create death, and then this is going to be cool, because no. That was an intrusion. That was an unwelcome entity into God's perfect, remember it was good, his perfect creation, his perfect ordered way. And so because of sin, because of death, the Bible says that life now has a resulting tilt or a resulting tendency toward death. And so everything now is headed toward death. Humans, the earth, 
everything, has a natural tendency now toward death, toward dying, because of the fact that sin has entered the world. And with that came death. And so there is decay. There is suffering. Why? Because suffering is just humanity heading toward death. There's trauma that enters. There's tragedy. The world now, suffering and the tragedy is built into the fabric of the world outside of Garden Eden because of man's choice, my way. And so what we have is this pointlessness, this uselessness, uh, this decay that's bound in our every thought and our every idea and our every being and everything that we do. So when we look at, for instance, physical illness, when we look at physical illness, the reason physical illness happens is because of the fact that my body is headed toward death. And so sometimes my blood cells don't do what they're supposed to do. Sometimes my heart don't beat exactly how it's supposed to be. Sometimes things that shouldn't be in my body, like cancer or things, enter my body. Why? Because sin is in the world. That means the world is now headed toward death. And so all these things are a result of sin and death and eventually a result of humanity choosing their way over God's way. There's a lot of talk about mental illness today. All those things that come when your brain doesn't do what it's supposed to do, when you uh, had trauma in your life and you can't recover, all that is because of the state that humans are in. We are headed toward death, a slippery slope, real slippery, because we're headed there. That is because I chose, humanity chose their way over God's way. So back to John chapter one. This is where John brings us in. He talks about God. He talks about creation. He talks about the light. We looked at that a couple weeks ago. In him, Christ was life and life was the light of men. But we get to verse five. It says the light shines in darkness. And so John introduces this new term. Opposite of the light is this term darkness. That's the bad news. Keep your finger there. Turn a couple of pages over to John chapter three. We're going to get there, but it's going to be a sneak peek. This is Jesus. He's talking to Nicodemus. Jesus was out. Uh, Nicodemus heard about Jesus. He was a Pharisee. He wanted to talk to Jesus. He heard some things. He was like, yo, what this guy said is kind of legit, but I'm a Pharisee, so I can't be caught. So I'm going to sneak out at night and go meet this guy named Jesus. And so he snuck out at night. His boys didn't see him. He went, he went to Jesus. He started talking to him, asking some questions. Jesus turned the entire conversation over. And so in John chapter 3, verse 19, Jesus is talking to him, Nicodemus, and he says in verse 19, this is judgment. King J. Virgin says, this is the condemnation. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. A lot of people like to talk about Jesus. Jesus was all about love. When you look at Jesus, it was just about love. And so Christians just love. Don't be talking about bad stuff. Jesus, Jesus introduced love. Just be loving. And they only talk about one portion of Jesus. This isn't about love right here. Jesus said, this is the condemnation. Humanity, this is your problem. This is where I'm here to judge you. This is the bad news. Jesus brought the bad news. He said, listen, the bad news is that the light myself have come into the world and you, humanity, love darkness rather than light. That's the bad news. That's the condemnation. And Jesus said, this is the condemnation. This is what's going to get you sent to hell. This is what's going to keep you heading on that rocket ship straight, speeding through to death. Jesus says humanity is condemned 
The darkness that man has, he has it on the inside because I make those choices on the inside because that's what sin is. And so the darkness, the choices on the inside, but the darkness is also on the outside. And so as humanity have that darkness on the inside of me and I'm swimming in a pool of darkness all around me. I'm consumed in this darkness. Turn to Colossians. This is still Paul. New Testament. Colossians chapter one, verse 13 Paul is talking and he says this, he, talking about Christ, has rescued us from the domain of darkness. King James says he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us from the kingdom of the son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's where the love comes up. The love comes up because it talks about God saw us in our darkness and saw the darkness inside of us. And because of his love, he rescued us. He snatched us from that. But before he rescued us, if you haven't been rescued, if you haven't been snatched out, guess where you are? You're full of darkness inside of darkness. And Jesus said, therefore, you are condemned. Judgment is on you because of that. And so we live in a confused world in a confusing time where people don't really understand what's going on. Why? Because they're in the dark. John said the light shines in the darkness. Jesus said they love darkness rather than light. And so because of that, you look around the world that we're in and we see just darkness. And remember, the darkness is the opposite of the light. So we have the darkness that Paul's talking about, but he's talking the polar opposite of the light. The light represents Christ. The light represents truth. The light represents the understanding. The light represents, when we look in the Old Testament, the time you see the light, it's talking about the glory of God, of who God is. And so when we look at that, this darkness is the opposite of everything that God is. And so the scripture tells us that we in this darkness, in this confused world that we'll live in, you look around, I was driving, I've talked about this before, you see on the interstate, divorce, $99. Like, really? So we got billboards promoting easy, quick divorce. So God, in his ordered fashion, created, established this thing he called marriage. Since he created it in order, he gives the order about it. And he said, man shall leave his mama and, mama, and the wife shall leave his mama and daddy, and they shall cleave together, and they shall become one flesh. That's it. So man comes along and looks at that order, and again, in man's fashion, says, yeah, but suppose I fall out of love with her. Suppose I see somebody else I like. Suppose marriage gets really hard. I should be able to get out of it for $99. And so we've established this thing. There's God's way. Forget God's way. We're going to do our way. And this stuff is easy and it's out there in the darkness that we're in along with the darkness inside of us. And so when we look at that, when we step out of order, when we step out of God's way, when we step out of the good, we now fall into darkness. And then darkness is death. And in darkness is disorder. And in darkness is confusion. And in darkness is pain. And in darkness is trauma. And so we step into that world. That's why when we look at the world, that's what we see. We see hard times. We see all this thing going on. We see anarchy. We see violence spreading around the world. Why? Because the world is in darkness. Why? Because we have decided, humanity, that our way is better than God's way, his ordered fashion. And so because of that, we have a sin problem. The world doesn't like to hear that. Have y'all noticed that? The world don't want to hear that. 
The world does not want to hear that the sin is with us and that we have a problem. The world wants to point to someone else. Well, I'm good. Those person ahead of that. The world used terms like, oh, don't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't talk about the bad things in the Bible. We should only talk about the good things in the Bible. And so when you go, sometimes you go to these churches, you never hear about sin. You never hear about God's way versus man's way. You always hear the positive, the fun, the cool, the cool things, the things that don't ruffle too many feathers, the things that don't sound hard, the things that make you look at yourself in the mirror and say, wow, I am terrible because I am in darkness and I have darkness inside of me. And because of that, I am condemned and there's judgment on me and I need to be rescued and I need to be snatched. Not from the hard times I'm going through, not from because I need a blessing. No, I need to be snatched out of this rebellious darkness that I am in because I choose to be here and I choose to do against what God says. And so we hear good things like God is just about love and, you know, just, just do be nice to people, you know, just be nice to people and everything will be all right. But Paul says, John says something different. Verse 5 says, the light shines in darkness, and yet the darkness does not overcome it. I like that word in the original language back in chapter 1, verse 5. That word overcome is katalambano. So katalambano is a compound word. It's kata and it's lambano. So kata in the Greek means down. Lambana means to take. And so when you put those words together, it's to take down. And so John says that darkness cannot overcome the light, cannot take down the light. So that word could mean a couple of things. Aggressively, it could mean that darkness can't destroy light, which we know it can't. If I go into a room that's dark and I go in one little corner and I cut on my phone with that little just the phone light, what happens to the room? Light scatters it across the room. If I'm in a dark corner of the room and somebody over here cut on their phone, I can see that light. Why? Because light overcomes darkness. Darkness cannot overcome light. I don't walk in a room that's light and somebody say, hey, go turn on the darkness. There's not a darkness switch. And now darkness has entered. No. What happened? I turn off the light. And so light leaves. And in the present, when light leaves, there is darkness. And so we know that darkness cannot overcome light. Light overcomes darkness. That's one part of it. But another translation of that word, take down, also means to take down as in there's some information, there's some knowledge up there, and I want to take that knowledge and I want to bring it down to me so that I can understand it. And so another thing John could be saying is that Darkness cannot understand or comprehend the light. Darkness cannot take a hold of it, can't appropriate it, can't possess it, the light. Because it's darkness and they're polar opposites. And so man, humanity has a hard time understanding what we say about the scriptures or what God's saying because they have the darkness inside of them and they're living in darkness, needed to be rescued, as Paul says, or snatched from the power of darkness. And so when we look at light, we know that light does a couple of things. Light put chaos to flight. The Bible says in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And then God said, let there be what? Light. And that darkness and that void that was there was gone. So where there's chaos, where there's darkness, where there's my way, where there's death, where there's sickness, where there's trauma, we know that light puts that away. 
We know that light is revealing. We just saw that in John chapter 3, verse 19. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Because of the fact that light has entered, now darkness has something to look against. Say, so wait a minute. I thought everything was cool. I was dark. I'm inside dark. You dark. You're inside dark. We all in dark. We having a dark party. And then here comes this light. And so now there's a contrast. And so we look at the light and was like, oh, I don't like that. Why? Because my deeds are evil. I like the darkness. I like what I'm doing in the darkness. I'm comfortable in the dark. I like the darkness in me. I like the darkness around me. So that light over there is kind of blaring. It's kind of hurting my eyes. You ever been in the dark for a long time and somebody just put a bright light on you? You're like, oh, oh, come on, man. Let my eyes adjust to it. That's what's happening there. The Bible says that light guides. Look at John chapter 12. I'll start at 35. Jesus answered, the light will be with you only a little longer. Walk while you have the light so that darkness does not overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. So while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become children of the light. Light is guiding. Light enables us to see. It makes vision possible. So light goes with sight. Light illuminates, it exposes, it guides, it gives life. John came and he says that, listen, only in the light of Jesus that we as humanity begin to see who we are. Only in the light of Jesus are we able to see who God is. And only in the light of Jesus are we able to see his order and his way. And so man gets stuck in their way. Why? Because they can't see. They don't understand the God's way because of the choice they made of rebellion. The choice Olu made as rebellion before Olu made a decision in 1980 to give up Olu's way and follow God's way. God's ordered fashion. In Ephesians, great, great book. If you've never had an opportunity to, to read it or to study it. Great book, written by one of my favorites, Paul. You might not have known he's my favorite. <laughs> the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, starting at verse 6, Paul goes on and he's discussing this thing about light and darkness. Ephesians 5, verse 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient. I want to stop right there. And, and, and I don't want to become, and, and me and Faria talk about this a lot. I don't want to be a person who gets so set in how we're doing things and thinking we're, we're the only ones that's doing right, or we're the only church that's doing what we're supposed to do. Become cynical in that matter, because there are a lot of churches that are preaching the word of God, the unadulterated word of God. But it seems that there are more who are not. And what I see when I turn on the TV and watch some of these preachers, or I turn on podcasts and listen to some of these preachers, or I see the little Facebook clips of some of these preachers that people post, these little clippets that are so amazing, all I see is what Paul says here, empty arguments. They're empty. They're not saying nothing. Paul says, let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient. God's wrath is coming. God's wrath is coming. God's judgment. Jesus said that you are condemned. You are judged. God's wrath is coming. Why? Because you got darkness inside of you and you're living in darkness because your deeds are evil, because you love the darkness and you've chose your way in rebellion over my way, which is good. And so because of that, the wrath is coming. 
The world needs to know that. John said, I put this in here so that you may believe. You've got to understand that God exists. You've got to understand that God created you. You've got to understand that God created an order in the world. But you've got to understand that the wrath of God is coming on the disobedient. And so I need some of these churches. I would love some of these churches to stop with their empty arguments about everything is okay. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Therefore, what am I supposed to do then, Paul? Do not become their partners. Don't join up with those people with those empty arguments. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live, walk, operate, have habits as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth testifying what is pleasing to the Lord. So don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful to even mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made visible, for what makes everything visible is light. Therefore, God says, get up, O sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And then Paul says in 15, so because of all that, pay careful attention then to how you live. Not as unwise people in the darkness, but wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Paul said, I mean, yeah, Paul said here, light versus darkness. I know the title of this message is a song by a guy like named Andy Mineo. He got a song called Sammy Sosa. No, it's not Andy Mineo. It's um, Words Played. He's Andy Mineo's boy. The song's called Sammy Sosa. And the hook goes, light to dark, Sammy Sosa. Light to dark. Sammy Sosa. I'm sorry, Dr. Light. Because remember Sammy Sosa put that bleaching on his skin to turn himself from dark skin to lights, very, very light skin? Yeah, he, he did it in reverse. So, okay, no one's getting it. Never mind. <laughs> I'll show you a picture of Sammy Sosa. Then you get it. You got it. Okay, you're here. You got it. Oh, my God. That's two. Two out of four. Yeah, he's light now. Now you get it. The idea is light versus darkness. And so Paul says, listen, because of this situation, you people who have been snatched out of darkness, you have been rescued out of darkness. My responsibility now is to live as children of the light. And so I'm supposed to live with righteousness and in truth. I'm supposed to do things that are pleasing to the Lord. Why? Because I am now living in the light. Because I made a decision to leave my way and follow God's ordered fashion, God's ordered way. And so John says back in John chapter 1, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all may believe through him. See, the reason why, you know, because of the fact that darkness could not overcome it, because of the fact that darkness could not comprehend or understand the light, there had to be a witness. 
Someone had to come to testify about the light. Someone had to come and bring that knowledge or to bear witness, the King James says. That means to give evidence, to declare, to affirm, to avow, to certify, to profess, to submit, to claim, to show, to demonstrate, to be a witness. You've been in a courtroom, you've seen a courtroom on situational TV and says, oh, bring your next witness. And I'm bringing such and such to testify. The woman takes the stand, you promise her the truth, and that person gives a testimony. They give what happened. They give the truth in the situation. They take something that people don't know and they break it down so that everyone understands what happened. That's what John said he came to do. John the Baptist came to bear witness of that light, to tell others, to show, to help those in darkness reach up, grab the light, and pull it down to them. That's what you and I are supposed to do. That's what the Bible says. In order that others may believe, we have to go we who are the light need to go to the light and find those people in darkness and bring the light down and say, let me tell you about the light. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you that God exists. Let me tell you that God created the world and he created it in perfect order. Let me tell you that Adam one day made a decision to not do God's way and follow his own way. Let me tell you that what we do when we choose God's way, our way over God's way is sin. And Jesus said that we are condemned and judgment is on us and the wrath of God is coming. So let me show you how to get out of that. Let me show you who rescued me from darkness. It's the light. It's Jesus Christ. That's what it means to bear witness. That's what it means to testify. And that's what I'm supposed to do. Not just what people see, how I act. But I'm supposed to do it with my mouth. Bear witness. You look at the courtroom, the people don't take the stand and show us how you live what happened. No, they got to open their mouth. They have to talk. They have to tell them. And it's our responsibility to tell others. If not, guess what? They're going to remain in darkness. That darkness is going to remain in them. And the wrath of God is going to remain on them. And instead of being snatched and rescued, they will continue down that path to death and ultimately spiritual death was separated from God forever. So as children of the light, I want to admonish us, encourage us to continue to bear witness. We are supposed to, and we'll get into this next week, inject light into our world, wherever we are. That's our responsibility is to do that, inject light. So uh, read Ephesians 5 again, that, that, that section I read 5, uh, starting at verse 6 and 21. Just read it again because it's a good thing to, to type out, put on a wall, put on your wall at work, uh, set up on a refrigerator somewhere, because it, it will show us the contrast of who we are and what exactly we're supposed to be doing as the body of Christ. Our job is to bear witness about the light, to rescue those who are still in darkness. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to come together, God, and to study your word. We thank you, God. First, I thank you for rescuing me from the darkness, God, from snatching me out, God. I thank you for parents that I had to, to lead me, to guide me, to show me your word so that at a young age I could understand that I was on my way on a slippery slope to death, God. I pray to continue to help me, God, and the rest of us in the church, God, that we will be light to the world and that we will bear witness. We will bring you down to them so they can understand and they can see who you are, God, and rescue, uh, you can rescue them from darkness also. Be with us, God, as we continue this week. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Followers of the Way podcast. If you like more information about Followers of the Way Church, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church.
We trust and hope that you've enjoyed hearing God's word and how to apply it to our lives. Our podcast is updated weekly, so remember to follow us here at Followers of the Way.